It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's a market down Monday. Doug Lamarice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We're doing tackles. Not that exciting, Nathan. Are tackles exciting? Are tackles even worth talking about? Do tackles matter? Well, if you never tackled anybody, you'd give up a touchdown on every play. So sure, mm. tackles matter. Look at you with the football knowledge. Right off the jump. <laughs> How does right hard-hitting analysis. Whenever someone says, oh, he made a touchdown-saving tackle, I'm the guy that's like, they're all touchdown-saving tackles. <laughs> Are you really that guy? I'm not, no, not, not in a serious way, no. <laughs> I was going to say, that's such a party pooper thing to say. <laughs> it's like, okay, there. we know that, but you know what we meant. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um. I'm conflicted on this because there was a time, right, when it's like, hey, leading tackler. It's like, okay, especially the place like Ohio State. Like anyone that has great linebackers, like, oh, leading tacklers. Like that's a Spielman kind of category. That's a Randy Gratishar kind of category, right? Like let's talk about Ryan Shazier. Let's talk about leading tacklers. Let's talk about A.J. Hawk. I, I don't know, Stephen, like if it, if it feels like that anymore. And sometimes – we have so many conversations. We've already done sacks. Who who will be the sack leader on Market Down Monday? And then we get into situations where do sacks matter anymore? Right? Mm-hmm. You got pressure. You forced a quarterback to throw the ball earlier than he wanted to. You did your job. Did you maybe not get there? That's okay. It's such an offensive game. And there is often such a bend, don't break mentality. And sometimes against the very best offenses, if you can force like three or four punts in a game, you are changing the game and doing your job, even if you're giving up 31 points. I don't know what to make of tackles sometimes because sometimes it's a guy who's flying all over the field. Sometimes a leading tackler tells you something about how a defense was bad. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the guy in a spot catching people when they get to him. How do you view tackles? If you're in the middle of the field, you should probably be up there in tackles. So linebackers, safeties, everybody, if somebody else is leading the team in tackles, they were either really, really crazy good or something went very wrong. If like a cornerback is leading your team in tackles, but it's also, it's not quite as bad as it was in the sixties in terms of everything was a tackle, but a lot of times it's just, you, you gang tackle so much now that 
it, it's hard to say, oh, it's hard to put so much value on one person having a lot of tackles because they might have a lot of tackles because they have like 80 assistant tackles and 40 solo tackles. Does that make them an elite linebacker or safety or tackler? No, it just means they play a position that's religiously around the ball anyway. I think this might become a Tommy Eichenberg conversation. And the thing that is interesting about this is that when you look back through the last several years, you'll it's like, hey, I'm looking, I was just looking at the Big Ten tackle leaders. And it's like, hey, there's the Ohio State guy. He's 24th in the Big Ten in tackles. Because the other teams had to face Ohio State and make a bunch of tackles. And Ohio State's defense wasn't on the field that much because their offense was on the field so often. And and then they spread it out. They put backups in. And, and it's hard for an Ohio State individual sometimes to move up that list, Nathan. Sometimes you, you know the types – Iowa guys have a bunch of tackles. Wisconsin guys have a bunch of tackles. Sometimes we're like, ah, oh, Northwestern guy has a bunch of tackles. It's just like, wow, is that Northwestern guy an All-American? It's like, no, the Northwestern defense was on the field for 50 minutes every game. Somebody had to do it. So that guy had 150 tackles. But then you look at Tommy Eichenberg last year, Nathan, and he's tied for second in the Big Ten in tackles with Cal Halliday of Michigan State. Jack Campbell, the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, was first with 128. That's 120 tackles for Tommy Eichenberg, and they felt real. And it almost felt like Tommy Eichenberg was playing like an Iowa linebacker or a Wisconsin linebacker or a Northwestern linebacker or you know a Michigan State linebacker, one of those guys who's racking up stats, who's always around the ball, except he also was doing it for a playoff team in a really important way that made him a second-team All-American. So I feel like this might turn into a Tommy Eichenberg podcast, which I think is good, because we probably need to have a Tommy Eichenberg podcast. Because I think one of the things that we want to figure out this year, we did 10 things I'd like to figure out from this Ohio State season. On the list somewhere is, how good is Tommy Eichenberg? And I think... We have moved. We don't use this. We don't use the TB word anymore in relationship to Tommy Eichenberg. That's it's been P vanquished. Word. He's PW. He's close. He's closer to PW. And again, is he treading, tiptoeing? He'll never get there, but tiptoeing down James Laurinaitis Lane, right? That like it's, again. He was he was in the tough Borland cul-de-sac for a while, and he moved. And he's he's not ever going to buy a house on James Laurinaitis Lane because you got to be a three-time All-American and Tommy Eichenberg would have to be 30 to be a three-time All-American at Ohio State. But he might be in the neighborhood more so. So what – if Tommy Eichenberg comes out again, Nathan, and is just everywhere, constantly tackling people, incredibly reliable, incredibly on the attack, explosive, in backfields, tracking down running backs, not just catching guys – He's going to build something here, Nathan. He's going to leave something here. I think the Tommy Eichenberg Legacy Project is a really interesting sideshow to this Ohio State season. I think this podcast is a Tommy Eichenberg conversation. Before that, it's a Malcolm Rodriguez conversation. And to go back to the, the guy who was in the middle of Jim Knowles' Oklahoma State defense for, for several years – and really beyond that, though, it's what you were already hinting at. And and I know that Wisconsin and Iowa typically take it on the chin a little bit when they play Ohio State's offense. But numbers-wise, you can look at them year in and year out. Those are, are great defenses. And I think across college football, they always rank highly among all the defenses in college football. And the sign of any healthy defense, and I mean not physically healthy, but healthy schematically and healthy in terms of execution and responsibilities, is – a linebacker doing this 
right? Like, even in the modern era game of college football, I think this is where your tackles are supposed to pile up. If you have a safety leading you in tackles, uh, something has probably gone wrong unless you have a, a very uh, a defense that's even more safety driven than what Jim Knowles is doing. So I think some of this is um, Tommy Eichenberg coming into his own last year and stepping up and um, getting past some of the, he had some health issues, I think in, in 2021 when he lost that job to Cody Simon and some just in Cody Simon played well too. And then Cody Simon had the health issues, but, but, but stepping up at the right moment, being the right person for Jim Knowles, but then also benefiting from a, a healthy step that that defense took. And if it takes another one in 2023, which we have reason to think it might, I think that just means another, like you're saying, another big year for him. And he gets to be in a lot of ways, the face of a potential defensive turnaround. If that happens. Do you think Tommy Eichenberg, Steven has a chance to go down as a, as an all timer that, that, Maybe not in the top tier. Maybe not when we're making the linebacker Mount Rushmore and we're doing Laurinaitis and Spielman and Gratishar and Shazier and Hawk and and the names that everybody knows, right? There's a lot. There's a lot. But maybe the next group, or or maybe at least if we're having a conversation of 15, 20 guys, somebody goes, hey, you know who was a heck of a player? That Tommy Eichenberg. Can he get there with if he has like another year like he had in 2022? Possibly. And I think him being an Ohio kid probably helps with that because that always. But it's he's hard because I'm glad you brought up Malcolm Rodriguez. I think I asked Jim Knowles about that during the season because is it him or is it the system? And we well, the NFL draft might tell us some of that. But also, Malcolm Rodriguez was a six-round pick who also just ended up being an impact player for the Lions. So was, was Malcolm Rodriguez underdrafted? And yes. because Malcolm Rodriguez, yeah. So, but because like, if they're the if you're really thinking well. about them in the same mindset, and you see what Malcolm Rodriguez is doing, does that mean Tommy, as the new version of that, is a third-round pick instead of maybe a seventh-round pick? And, and and I I made that comparison and I I think it's apt in in some ways, but there are some differences. Rodriguez was a converted safety. Uh, yeah. Dane Brugler I think had like a fourth fifth round grade on Rodriguez when he went in the sixth round, so it wasn't like he was massively underdrafted. But I think people thought that the Lions got a steal and, and that held up. Um, I, I think the answer though could be that could be both. I mean I think it could be that yes, this system and then this system executed well is going to feed a lot of tackles into the middle linebacker. But I think it's also true that Tommy Eichenberg, as Malcolm Rodriguez had um, intelligence and a vision on the field and a, a, a studiousness and a preparation and sort of a, a facility at playing that position that is uncommon. And he is able to maximize what he's supposed to do in that defense. You don't, he's a guy that doesn't feel like he's out of position almost ever. He's a guy that doesn't feel overmatched by very many situations he finds himself in. There have been a couple times where he's gotten matched up in some passing situations that were tough for him, but that I don't think they were his fault. It's just, it's, it's, it's something beyond steadiness as far as whether or not he could just be an all time. Great. I think if Ohio state wins a national championship this year and it's, and people attribute that in part to this defense re arriving, then I think he'll his name will get floated along 
besides some of those other guys. It's that's a tough list to crack, though, man. You're, when we start talking about Laurinaitis and AJ Hawk, I mean, these are like some of the most beloved players, and that built over several years in a way that I don't know it's quite gonna do for for Tommy. But I think you're right. That next sub set down, um, he would be in that conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, from the Rose Bowl on, he's been kind of headed towards this trajectory. So it will have been multiple years. And he's kind of in the same vein. Like, this is not a kid who, if Cody Simon had done the last two years what Tommy Eichenberg had done, I don't even, it, I think we'd be having it, we'd be viewing him differently because that's a top 100 recruit who's doing top 100 recruit stuff once he finally blossomed. Tommy Eichenberg being outside the top 300, kind of being a throw in in the 2019 class, at least from perception and turning into this. It's why we still haven't wrapped our heads around the fact that he's doing this completely. But really, it's very similar to, like, A.J. Hawk wasn't highly, highly recruited like that. He just turned into A.J. Hawk. So maybe he might, if he has another season like this and is like a first-team All-American, maybe we do throw him into that tier. I also, But also football has changed a little bit, too. And you had to have great linebackers, I think, in the hawk Laurinaitis mm. era in a way that maybe you don't have to have now. And that also feeds into the identity that those guys had. I do think it can matter when a coach is establishing something. And there's a guy that is leaping to mind for me. And I think if Jim Knowles winds up being a long timer here at Ohio State, if we're 15 years from now and Jim Knowles is still the defensive coordinator and is now one of the most iconic assistant coaches in Ohio State history, which I think has a chance to happen. I, I don't think that's a – if this goes well, I think he might retire here. I mean, Larry Johnson had a whole long career mm-hmm. at Penn State before we got here, and he's approaching a decade here. So, like, that idea, could Jim Knowles be here a decade plus? I think that's very possible. When you're a foundational player for a coach, you go down in sort of a legendary way because that coach brings you up all the time. Thad Mata, when he got here, like, brought up Jaquel Foster all the time, right? That was a, a guy he was on, that first Thad Mata team. And he's sort of a foundational guy. He establishes a way of doing things that then permeates the program. And and he gets after it. And that shows the next group of guys who shows the next group of guys. And this becomes the fad model way of playing basketball. There's a guy defensively who was that for Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer talked about him all the time. And he was a foundational guy. Urban Meyer inherited him. He's a Jim Trussell recruit. And it's John Simon. And I think Tommy Eichenberg, now, if you said John Simon, is John Simon Chase Young and Cam Hayward and the Bosa brothers and guys like that, Mike Vrabel, no. Do people look back on John Simon fondly? I bet you, I guarantee it. Maybe it's you right now listening. Somebody listening, when I said the name John Simon, went, oh, John Simon. Because you know why? Because you love John Simon. John Simon limped out on senior day, right? John Simon is like, an urban said like, What's my program? What's my Ohio State program look like? It looks like John Simon. I think there's a chance, Nathan, Jim Knowles, eight, ten years from now, when mm-hmm. it's like, hey, Jim, what? It, and he says, my defense looks like Tommy Eichenberg. And that that would contribute if he winds up being back-to-back tackle leader, back-to-back first, second-team All-Big Ten, first, second-team All-American, the guy that Jim Knowles brought the most out of, which we've talked about, but also comes to exemplify what the Jim Knowles defense at Ohio State should be. And now, hey, Tommy Eichenberg's back in the building. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Jim Knowles. I think that's on the table. It might already be set 
Maybe that's he could break all of his thumbs. He could have thumb replacement surgery and break them and not play another snap this season. No, I don't want to say that. Aliens could abduct his thumbs. We don't like to talk about injuries. My thumbs. Like, I just, they, wouldn't it be funny if there was a, like an alien beam came down and just a thumb, just they just took his thumbs right off and just right up to the spacecraft. Thumbless Tommy Eichenberg can't play. He still might be that. But if he does it back-to-back years for Jim Knowles, Nathan, he has a chance to be a foundational part of the Jim Knowles legacy at Ohio State, which has a chance to be a pretty good legacy if he sticks around. I think at the end of the day, that will be a the more interesting debate here is if we skip right past who's going to lead in tackles and go to how many tackles would Tommy Eichenberg have if he played a season with no thumbs? Like literally 80, no thumbs. 85. <laughs> he, like played all, just, he played every game. 85. The wounds had cauterized by the time the season started. He's, he can play on opening day, and he never he doesn't have to leave for any of the reasons. Normal, normal usage. How, how, what percentage of the tackles he would have had otherwise with two thumbs? Yeah, that would be. We'll save that for another. We still got a little ways before the season comes. Um, I, I think it's. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it's. Yeah, anybody out there, YouTube, anybody out there who doesn't have their fu- their thumbs, Ow. we apologize. Ow. No, it's I, inspirational. I think, no, it's inspirational. No, 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 no. no, no, no. He wouldn't say no. no. First of all, he's not saying ow. He's going. Ugh. I, I <laughs> answer Doug's I question. Grunt. <laughs> um, with within the Jim Knowles defense, because we talked so, in so many ways about all the things that make up the Jim Knowles defense, and it's he calls it a safety-driven defense. And there's the Jack, and there's all these little gimmicky things within it, and he's the mad scientist. But maybe the Jim Knowles defense at its best, like and like I was saying before, maybe this is just true of all defenses. Like they're really only going to work if you've got a guy in the middle of it who knows where he's supposed to be, who knows what the opponent is going to do and is ready for it, and is just this 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 tackling machine in the middle of it. And I think that is something that uh, it doesn't necessarily come down to talent as we conventionally describe it, or there's certainly not elite talent as we conventionally describe it. It's more about just optimum reliability. And that was what Malcolm Rodriguez was for him at Oklahoma State. And he saw... You didn't call him Malcolm Rodriguez because, again, I think they're different kinds of athletes. But it was from the first conversations we had with him where he first mentioned Tommy Eichenberg's name in the in January of 2022 to the conversations uh, he was having with you, Doug, um, and other people at the at the gaggle that we had in May or early June, whenever that was. Like He's talking about the same things. He's talking about just a guy who gets it, who sees it, who recognizes it who processes football in the middle of everything else that's going on and is the stability around which everything else can operate. Tommy Eichenberg was second in the Big Ten in tackles last season with 120, led Ohio State. Ronnie Hickman led Ohio State in tackles in 2021 with 98. He was 10th in the Big Ten. That's a safety leading Ohio State in tackles. 2020, Pete Werner had 54 tackles to lead Ohio State as a linebacker. He was 17th in the Big Ten. 2019, Malik Harrison as a linebacker led him with 75. He was 27th in the Big Ten, and he was Ohio State's leading tackler for an excellent Ohio State defense in 2019, which is why these tackle sets sometimes can get goofy. 2018, Malik Harrison and Jordan Fuller tied. For the team lead with 81, they were tied for 24th in the Big Ten in tackles. That's a safety and a linebacker leading. 2017, the great Jerome Baker 
victim of Bill Davis. 72 tackles, 32nd in the Big Ten. He leads Ohio State in tackles. Jerome Baker. 2016 and 2015, it's Raekwon McMillan, both over 100. That's the last time Ohio State had a tackle guy over 100. Tommy Eichenberg was the, Eichenberg was the first since Raekwon McMillan. 102 in 2016 was ninth in the Big Ten. 119 in 2015 was fourth in the Big Ten. 2014, now college football analyst Joshua Perry, second in the Big Ten, 124 tackles. That's the thing. Joshua Perry, very fine college football analyst, snappy dresser, leading tackler for a national championship team. It's three things you want to be. 2013, Ryan Stinkin' Shazier, 144 tackles, led the Big Ten. Ryan Shazier, Ryan Shazier. 2012, Ryan Shazier, 114, was third in the Big Ten. 2011, weird year, C.J. Barnett, now back around the team as that uh, player liaison. Great guy, 75 tackles, 34th in the Big Ten as a safety. 2010, Brian Roll. Who loves some Brian Roll? I love some Brian Roll. 76 tackles was 21st in the Big Ten. So more often than not, it's a linebacker. But, Stephen, as we lay that out there, we can say, like, oh, you know, whatever. Tackles don't matter. I don't know. Counting tackles are crazy. That's so weird. And then we get to Ryan Chazier with 144 tackles, and I have steam coming out of my ears. He leads the Big Ten. And that all of that feels real to me. And, by the way, Jack Campbell at Iowa leading the Big Ten in tackles last year. Watch Jack Campbell. All of that felt real. First-round pick. That is not just catching, guys, right? There is a way, right, that sometimes it's like Raekwon McMillan. Raekwon McMillan, foundational dude. Shared at the time as a freshman and then sophomore and junior led the team in tackles. Great player. Sometimes you can feel like tackles don't matter and sometimes you look at tackle leaders and it's like, oh, yeah, no, that guy was awesome. And and maybe that's what, maybe that's where we are with Tommy Eichenberg. Then again, okay, we're not talking to A.J. Hawk, James Laurinaitis, Chris Spielman, Randy Gratishar. But maybe we're talking Raekwon McMillan. Maybe we're talking Raekwon. Raekwon doesn't have a tree. Was mad. I thought he should have had one. He was never a first-team All-American. Kind of got squeezed a little bit in the end, I think, by the expectations that he created for himself. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, the team didn't quite live up to expectations in 15 and 16. Doesn't get a tree. Second-team All-American. Tommy Eichenberg is second-team All-American. When I say that, Stephen, when I say, right, that, okay, maybe not first-tier – Raekwon McMillan is still a high bar, and maybe that's what we're talking about if Tommy Eichenberg is able to be a two-time leader in tackles just like Raekwon McMillan was. It's when the tackle when you, it's when you look at the stats in the box score at the end of the year, and you keep saying the term real when those tackles. It's like you remember those tackles. It felt like you could feel them. Those tackles represent the fact that he was everywhere making plays on his own, which is why I'm glad that a lot of these places they – differentiate assisted tackles and solo tackles because those solo tackles, that's about you being a playmaker. And since this is the Tommy Eichenberg, apparently Tommy Eichenberg got 77 solo tackles last year. That would have been tied for first on the team. So it's it's not just sometimes when you just have assistant tackles, that's just you playing a position where you're always around the ball. So fine. You get a lot of assistant tackles like Ronnie Hickman, had 53 tackles, 27 of them were assisted, 26 of them were solo. So that's just, it comes with the job that he gets tackles. The fact that Tommy Eichenberg has 30 more solo tackles than every everybody else on the team, and if you take away all of his assistant tackles, he still would have led this team in tackles. That's what makes it Raekwon McMillan. That's what makes it the level right under 
Ryan Shazier, where that that's what makes that point out to me where you go, maybe he's the second team All American again this year, so we never get the tree. And then Doug's mad that another guy who probably deserved a tree isn't gonna get one because of a technicality. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some other guys who aren't Tommy Eichenberg next after this. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Nathan, we did have a goal. Let's try to find the leading tackler for Ohio State this season. Who else should we be considering beyond Tommy Eichenberg in this discussion, Nathan? So last year I picked Steel Chambers, and it was based on the concept that um, if the defense got back to a healthy place, that it would shift the um, the the, the the tackling leader back from the secondary to someone like the the Wills who had come before him, your Malik Harrison's and guys like that. So that was probably still my maybe might be my runner up in this category as far as predictions. But I I think it's. I think it's a linebacker conversation now because I think that is not only because that is what the Knowles defense seems to feed, but it's, again, it's the sign of this defense getting healthy, the getting hell. I keep using the word healthy when I'm not talking about health. I'm talking about this defense getting right. Defense getting correct. Do you think there's, let's do names. There's, you can't have anybody on the defensive line. That's just not how the game is played. And you're not going to have any corners. That's not how the game is played. So it then becomes in the safety-driven defense, are there safeties? Is Lathan Ransom a contender here in your mind, Stephen? He would have been, he's going to be my runner-up here. Because I think we're all picking Tommy as number one. He'd be my runner-up because he was already flirting with it this past year when he had 74 tackles, which is three less than what Steel Chambers had. And you got to remember, he also missed the game last season. So that's a whole game's worth of snaps that he didn't get to rack, rack up some of those tackles. But then it's just the fact that this was his first like real true first full off season at Ohio state. And it looks like they're going to start using him as a weapon. If he's the Tommy Eichenberg of the safety room. So if Tommy's going to do what Tommy's going to do at linebacker, I think a year of Lathan ransom already having played the role. Now he's a surefire. The only thing, safety that we know for sure is a starter and it feels like they're going to start using him as a weapon I think that's when you get into a situation where if he had 74 last year can he flirt with 90 in 2024 23 
I think that makes sense. And I think just the other candidates, because we think they have depth at safety, mm-hmm. I don't think you can get to Jihad Carter there. You can't get to Cam Martinez. As much as we might want to, Nathan, you can't get the Sonny Styles at this point. It really feels like if you're making, if you're going to mark it down here, it's really only three options. It's Tommy Eichenberg and the two names that you guys brought up, Steel Chambers and Lathan Ransom. Is there anything about number of snaps, how much they're going to play, Nathan, that you think would factor into a prediction like this? Definitely. And I think you have to decide as you're making this prediction how much you, A, believe Jim Knowles when he says he wants Cody Simon to play more in 2023, and then B, how big of a percentage is that going to take away from Tommy Eichenberg's snaps or, or, or steel chamber snaps. He could end up playing, I think at both of those spots. And then now we see Jay Hicks emerging. That's somebody else that could take some away from steel chambers, but this still, I think ends up being a linebacker specific discussion, especially when you consider that Knowles is also talking about maybe just in general in the back seven. Um, and, and really when he says that, I think he's talking specifically about the safety positions, the conversation that you and he had Doug about how much more you might rotate with guys back there, that there might be, you might be less static with positional assignments than you were last year. Um, and that's where the, like things like the the random conversation come into, because it's like, well, exactly which spot is he going to play and who else might take some snaps there, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it, it, yes, I think snaps are a factor here. And even when Knowles is saying he wants Simon to play more, I don't think that's going to take enough snaps away from the guys who are, at the at 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 the at the point of tackle the most often for this team, I could see a situation where kind of maybe maybe like it was at the beginning of last year where it felt like it was a rotation at that will linebacker spot. I don't think it'd be fifty fifty, but I do think something will happen there. I believe them when I when they say guys are going to get more opportunities, especially at linebacker, because more opportunity is literally just letting CJ Hicks take one snap at linebacker, even in garbage time. That's more. So I believe that there's going to probably be rotations at spot. I do not believe Tommy Eichenberg and Lathan Ransom are coming off the field in any meaningful way. Those are, when we start talking about value and how they're used in this defense, those two have the best claim to be number one and two than I think anybody else has. It may be Denzel Burke coming into this, this season and Denzel to a lesser level because he's coming off of injury. I think from what they the performances were last year, those are the two most valuable players coming in the fall camp. So I don't believe it when I hear things like, oh, they're going to rotate more. Yeah, I, I believe it with everybody but those two names. You guys know that I'm the one who's least likely to like trust my eyes or my like vague remembrance of things. And I'd rather have like the, the hard facts. But did it feel like just anecdotally to you guys, like there were times where really both linebackers, but especially Eichenberg was in the game, like later than he needed to be in yes. the game last year. Yes. So that was another thing. Like Knowles has, has made some statements about various things this year um, in this off season. Like, Oh, when I looked back at this, there was probably a better way to do it. When you add what we just said, plus why we were joking about Tommy Eichenberg's thumbs, that might be a reason why he does come off the field somewhat more often. But I, I, I would agree with Steven that, um, if it's at all, it's not going to be significant. For what is outside of Eichenberg, 
Chambers and Simon, who only played 236 snaps last year, while the other two played Eichenberg 759 and still Chambers 687. The only other people who took a snap at linebacker last year was EA with 51 snaps in seven games. Taraja Mitchell played one snap and Reed Carrico played one snap. Yeah, it's uh, it takes some time to gain Jim Knowles's trust. And Tommy Eichenberg gained it faster than anybody, I guess, maybe outside Tanner McAllister, who had it when he got here a season ago. Sometimes people remind us on this show that we say things and they're like, what are you talking about? I don't talk about football 24 hours a day. I'm not a professional sports reporter and you guys are talking about stuff, whatever. What's the deal with his thumbs, Nathan? Why do we make jokes about Tommy Eichenberg's thumbs and call him Tommy No Thumbs? And 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 Jim Knowles called him Tommy No Thumbs. And uh, we talk about his thumbs being abducted by aliens. He was visibly playing with wrapped hands throughout the end of last season. Um, going into the bowl game, I believe it was, was it Cody Simon? Somebody's not Cody Simon. It was Kate Stover, I think. Somebody made an allusion to Tommy's over there playing with two broken thumbs or broken hands or something like that. And we know that Tommy Eichenberg had offseason surgery, which is why he wasn't a participant in the spring. That may have only been on one of the hands. I saw the scar on one hand. It may have only been surgical on one hand, but that was why he was a individual participant in the spring as opposed to a full participant, didn't play in the spring game, things like that. So um, it was always, he was always going to be back for this fall. But yes, that's, we call him Tommy No Thumbs because he kind of was playing without his thumbs for a, some important games last year. And then didn't he live with Steel Chambers and Cade Stover and somebody had to does. feed him soup or something, right? It's like, yeah. who has to feed Tommy soup because he doesn't have functioning thumbs? Yeah, that sounds like something Steele probably told us because he's the only one in that house who likes it to share. What go- yeah. He's the only one in that house that likes to share what happened in that house. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, like a, 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 either a Nathan Baird or Stephen Means exclusive, I fed Tommy Eichenberg soup. A day at the house with Steel, Kate, and Tommy. There, of all the things that I have done, when I went, and I still am uh, mildly shocked they let me do it. I went to the apartment of Tyvis Powell and Cardale Jones and just like hung out for an afternoon and watched them play video games in their apartment and just was like, what's it like to be with these guys? What's their lives like? So if one of you can try to get in to the, uh, I'm sure, luxurious penthouse apartment of Cade Stover, Tommy Eichenberg, and Steel Chambers. It's not. And just, it's not, oh, you've it's been there. Like, you've been I, there? I, know, I just, I know where it is because I used to live in, a, I just used to live in the short north, so I kind of know where a lot of these players live. It's a very down earth. They they live in a house that's like pre-NIL situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, they're they're clearly not using their nil money towards their house because they're all three just this, they're simple people. You're talking about a kid from a farm, a guy from a small town in Georgia, and a guy from Lakewood. Like they're not the most, you know. I just envisioned <laughs> like when we had it's always like the COVID year. Justin Fields would be at his apartment, which I think was probably a very nice apartment. It looked like a nice oh, yeah. apartment, right? Yeah, with yeah. his dog Uno, and I just can imagine. I, in my head, Steel Chambers, Cade Stover, and Tommy Eichenberg just sit around and like heat up soup in the microwave and eat out of the can. And then Justin Fields would walk by in the locker room and be like, oh, yeah, I feed my dog that soup. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like who has a better life, Justin Fields' dog or Steel Chambers, Cade Stover, and Tommy Eichenberg? Okay. When we come back, we'll mark it down. 
Wonder what we'll do. We're also going to put a number on it after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so PFF has some more advanced stats. They count their own tackles, and it gives you a little insight into like, okay, well, this is what the home team does. Like, hey, you pad the stats a little bit. Last year, Power 5 defensive players, the 65 Power 5 teams, they have Tommy Eichenberg. So it's just funny how this works. 120 tackles for Tommy Eichenberg. PFF has him with 90, but that 90 is tied for fifth in the power five, okay? Which is a lot. So it's like his tackles are more legit than a lot of other people. He's tied for fifth in the power five, and everybody above him played more snaps than him. A guy named Cedric Gray from North Carolina had the most tackles, according to PFF, with 115. He played 985 snaps, which is 226 more snaps than Tommy Eichenberg. So Tommy Eichenberg's tackles per snap is really high. His missed tackle percentage, according to PFF, is 9.8. That is lower than anybody else in the top 10. So the five guys ahead of him have missed tackle rates. Some of them are are 14.9. Tommy Eichenberg is only 9.8. So it's a really good tackle number. And by the way, Jack Campbell who led the Big Ten in tackles with more than Tommy Eichenberg in the official stats, according to PFF, had seven fewer tackles than Tommy Eichenberg. Okay? So, a lot of real tackles, a very good missed tackle percentage, and they have a a thing called stops, which they call as a tackle that constitutes a failure by the offense on that play. So that is like you did something that it wasn't Mm. like, hey, you tackled somebody after a seven-yard game. Congratulations. Somebody had to do it, right? You got blocked and then, by the way, recovered and, you know, grabbed the guy's ankle as he ran away from you. You made them fail. You made the offense fail. Stops. Tommy Eichenberg led the nation. By a lot. According to PFF, he has 68. Number two had 59. It's that guy who had more than 200 more snaps than him. So when we're talking about, all right, are you catching, right? This is my tough Borland conversation. You're, just, you're catching running backs, man. I don't know. If you're the middle linebacker and a guy gets through the hole and you're standing there and you, you catch him after a six-and-a-half-yard gain, you get a tackle. I'm not sure what you did on that play. That is not, Nathan, what Tommy Eichenberg's season was. Inside these numbers with PFF, I think we're confirming what we talked about at the beginning, which is this is real. This is a coordinator and a linebacker 
in concert with each other. This is a playmaker. This is a guy who's getting after people and not just catching people. And it's a, it's a confirmation that there may be something more still out there for Tommy Eichenberg because there is real, real substance when sometimes with tackles, raw numbers of tackles, you can question how much substance is there. Well, this is one where I do trust my eyes and kind of the way I felt about it, the way we felt about it at the time. Because I think we all did feel this as that season was unfolding. I think it was visceral what what he brought to this defense last year. And, you know, leading this team in tackles is one thing. He also led Ohio State in tackles for loss with 12. Um, I think that's an important distinction. That's not something you're going to get from a, a safety. It's not something you're going to get from anybody that's playing farther back off the ball. That's that's sort of it, it was a it was another indication of them finding someone within this defense who could really you know maximize opportunities there and it, it seemed like there would be like you know once per game at least where he was stepping into a hole and changing a drive because of plays he made. So that will lead us to us marking it down on Ohio State's leading tackler for the 2023 season. And Nathan Baird, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's it's Tommy Eckenberg. And uh, <laughs> I basically just, uh, this is pseudo-scientific. I took last year's, you know, average tackles per game. I then um, hacked that, I, I whittled like 20% off of that by, you know, Cody Simon plays more, uh, other things happen, whatever, and then spread that over 14 games. So I came up with 103 tackles. 103 tackles. Okay, so that is a reduction a little bit. Mostly mostly on playing time is what you would right. say in the end, right. Nathan? Yeah, okay. Uh, 103th for Tommy Eichenberg. Steven, mark it down. I kind of did the same thing. I just didn't take as many off because I also calculated he's just also going to be a better football player. So while there's a reduction because of opportunity, it's, it keeps it from being even look like you know, still kind of works out. So that's at 115, Tommy Eichenberg. Which is basically five less than last year, simply because you know CJ Hicks and Cody Simon might get more snaps. So I didn't have a number coming in. I had Tommy Eichenberg. I thought, you know, I don't know. I'm going to be in the same kind of range. I think it will be hard to have more. I do think we could have a conversation. Do we think he'll lead the Big Ten in tackles? Jack Campbell's gone, and he was second last year. Mm. So when we think about these numbers, Nathan, like, what do you think? I, I think that's possible. I also think it's definitely on the table for him to be a, a a high vote getter, if not the eventual winner of preseason Big Ten Player of the Year in our poll. Yeah. No, I, uh, you think he'll get it? I, 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 I mean, yeah. It's, Riley Moss from Iowa, I think, is back. Yeah, he right? might get is it. That, he's he's going to be a contender. I'm trying to think of uh, who else is popping to mind right now. Go ahead, Nathan, with the Tommy Eckenberg case. Oh, Riley, couple of, Riley Moss. Couple of pens, chop. chop Riley Moss is what? He's in the He's NFL. He's in the NFL. No. Who's the uh who's the DB for Iowa who's back? Um Chop Robinson at Penn State. Chop Robinson was somebody Maybe. I was thinking about like if um, you go um on the I mean edge rusher side of things. Just from the there's going to be some people. I mean JT might be the shinier option and there're going to be some people Maybe. who don't. Like we might vote we cover this team so if we vote for Tommy Eichenberg that makes sense. People who cover Nebraska and Illinois might lean with the shinier guy, the shinier edge I, rusher. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Cooper DeGene, by the way, from That's what I'm thinking Iowa. Um, but also, I think there's in these in these cases a lot of times, and we do it too to some extent. 
there's only so much scouting you can do across the the conference down the minutiae, especially when you're taking out all of last year's top players, like the guy who was second in the league in tackles last year and is coming back and was a second team All American, like consensus second team All American, if that's a thing. I think he'll he'll get strong consideration for it. Yeah, I think he will. Will Johnson at corner for Michigan, maybe Junior Colson for Michigan, but he's not as good as yeah, Tommy Eichenberg. Well, I, I think I think Tommy Eichenberg probably is a, is a leading candidate for this. That would be quite a thing. I do think I'll give him 110, and I'll mark him down. And I do think the idea of having consecutive hundred tackle seasons feels like a big deal to me. And and that Stephen feels like a club that would be worth getting into. That and and I don't have it off the top of my head how many guys have multiple hundred tackle seasons in Ohio State history, but it feels like it'd be pretty good. I mean, it goes back to the conversation that started this part about where do we put Tommy Eichenberg? I think you want to brush off that he's not in that category, but he might be in that category. And then just like the case was with Pete Warner, the draft kind of, I didn't think he was a second round pick, but then somebody takes him with like the 49th pick in the NFL draft. And we were never thinking of it that way. But just to also touch on the lead, the big 10 and tackles, none of us had him getting over 120. There's only uh, the CFP stats goes back back to 2009. That CFPstats.com only once has somebody ever led the Big Ten in tackles with less than 20 in a normal year. You take out uh, 2020 when it was 101, and that was Jonas Mountain at Michigan. He had 117. Every other okay. year, it's at least 120. So I mean, it puts him in top three category. But if we're saying that because of circumstances out of his control, he's just going to get less than 120. The chances of him leading the Big Ten in tackles probably is a no that, that's that's definitely true and i i again i took 20 percent off of last year's rate that's maybe giving too much credence to what Knowles was saying when he said he wants simon to play for both chambers and eichenberg it, it, i certainly wouldn't be floored by any means or even probably slightly surprised if steven's right that that that's more a thing of playing him in with chambers than it is taking snaps away from eichenberg Mm-hmm. Tommy Eichenberg among linebackers in the power five who played at least half their team snaps last year, fifth in PFF grade at 86.7. Jack Campbell was first run defense grade was fourth among power five linebackers who played at least 50% of their team snaps. Do we want to mark it down for 2024 leading tackler CJ Hicks, Steven, we go in there now. Is that worth uh can we go a year and a half ahead of time? Yeah. And then he leaves like Paris Johnson did, where he only gets one actual year to play the position. And then he's like the 27th pick in the draft. Yeah. Marking it yeah. all down right there. <laughs> yeah. You there, Nathan, at 24? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. And and I'm I'm not, to, to counter what I was just saying, I'm actually not convinced that Simon doesn't have to play more middle linebacker to get his snaps in because Knowles does give Hicks some of those will linebacker snaps starting this year. But that that remains to be seen. That, I think, is what we mm-hmm. all think would be smart for a number of reasons, but we'll see. Maybe that should be a pod. The best one and done's in Ohio State football history. Oh, we can talk good. about and we can talk about Paris. We can talk about Marshawn. We can talk about Nick there's Bosa some other as guys. a freshman. Yeah, there's I mean it'd be a Paris, solid list. Paris was only a one you'd have to start getting really specific about because he wasn't a one and done. It was just the one the position where he was one and done. Uh, the one and done I'm I'm class People doing the thing that they recruited to come do, and they came and did it, and they were awesome, and they only got one year to do it. Yeah. And he was brought Jackson. here to play. Yeah, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Right. Um, ooh, that's a really good one and done. 
like a weird one. Like you wouldn't think. Yeah. Of it, but yeah. No, we could, that, that'd be interesting. And I know people have talked about sort of like the curse of like these Ohio state players who, uh, who had their last year kind of knocked out for different reasons. So we all marked it down for Tommy Eichenberg, one Oh three for Nathan, one ten for me, one fifteen for Steven, all slightly under his tackle numbers from a year ago. It, it really was a Tommy Eichenberg legacy pod. And I think it's worthy of that and trying to figure out where this guy goes down in Ohio state history, where, what he has a chance to do. And it's just, it's a credit uh, to him and the the arc of his career and it's a nice nod toward what it looks like when a player and a coach get on the same page and you see what happens i mean that's another pot right coaches and players who brought out the best in each other you know and you can you know our conversation probably starts with with chase young and the bosa brothers and larry johnson right and you can get there with with Kerry combs and some of the corners but i think jim jim knowles and tommy eichenberg is certainly part of that conversation all right That'll wrap it up for this Market Down Monday. We like making these predictions in the offseason. We like that you guys let us be part of your Ohio State fandom. For now, for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.